You're listening to Better at English, episode 41. Hi, English learners. Lori here, your teacher from betteratenglish.com. You're in for a treat with this episode of Real English Conversations. It's a really special episode, and I'm so happy to be sharing it with you. A while back, I had the huge honor of having a conversation with one of my own personal heroes, Dr. B.J. Fogg. B.J.'s the director of the Persuasive Tech Lab at Stanford University. Put simply, he's a scientist who spends a lot of time studying how to help people create desirable habits and getting those habits to stick. The concept of motivation plays an important role in B.J.'s work. And I think most people would agree that motivation is incredibly important for successful language learning, maybe even the most important thing. When you're highly motivated, it's easy. But when your motivation is low, it's not so easy. BJ has a lot of practical advice about how you can make the most of your motivation, no matter if it's high or low. His way of thinking about motivation as a wave blew my mind when I first came across it. The motivation wave can easily be applied to language learning, so I'm super excited to share it with you. As always, you can find the full transcript of this conversation, including a bonus vocabulary lesson, at betteratenglish.com slash transcripts. Okay, you're about to hear part one of the conversation. I'll pop in again at the end to give you four things you can do to get the most benefit from this episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Can, can people depend on motivation when they're trying to learn things and, and do things that are difficult? Well, in order to do anything difficult, you have to have motivation or you won't do them. Mm -hmm. So either if, it's, if the behavior or task is difficult, so you've got to find some way to summons up some motivation. Or if you make the task simpler, you won't need so much motivation. So you basically have two options. Boost your motivation or make the task easier to. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I noticed in, in your video, you said that people often, like teachers or people trying to initiate behavior change or help people change their behavior, that um, you don't like to hear them talking about motivating behavior change. You prefer the term facilitating behavior yeah. change. I wonder if you yeah. could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, in English, there's a common phrase that people use when they talk about behavior change. They often say, oh, we need to motivate behavior change. And yes, you could motivate behavior change, but there's other ways to get behavior to happen. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at long-term behaviors or getting people to create habits, focusing on motivation is the wrong focus. You really need to look at how do we make the behavior easy to do? Mm -hmm. And also, if it's related to the habits, how do we make the behavior rewarding or emotionally satisfying? Um, and so the thing <laughs> that I'm worried about is by using that phrase, motivate behavior change, people are really limiting themselves and how they think about the different ways to design for behavior change. Mm -hmm. it, it's interesting to me coming from you know, having a background as a, a teacher, I can remember from my initial teacher training, 
we were often, it was either implied or, or sometimes even overtly stated that the idea was you have to motivate your students. You have to do things to keep their motivation up. And, and of course, you know, you want to be motivating and inspiring to people. But when I saw your video, your presentation about the motivation wave, it's kind of like a little bell went off <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you know, that it, it makes so much sense. Um, could, could you just explain just the basic, basic idea about the motivation wave, talking about the peaks yeah. and valleys and um, difficult and hard? Everyone, I think, has experienced this phenomenon in their life where they get excited about doing some behavior or some set of behaviors like getting healthier or reducing stress. Now, that excitement as it goes up, I decided to call that the motivation wave mm -hmm. uh, because it will go up, but it will also come back down. So it's not a constant thing. And what the motivation wave allows you to do when the motivation wave is high you can do hard things. You can spend lots of time. You can put a lot of effort. You can persist through hardship if your motivation is high. But as your motivation comes down, you can't do the hard things anymore. You only can do simple things. Mm -hmm. And so the key to understand, there's a few keys. Number one, that motivation won't always be high. That goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And then two, when motivation is high, that's the right time to get yourself or other people to do hard things. And when motivation is low, you can't do hard things. What you can do are simple things. And so designing, if you're trying to get yourself to study more or exercise more or what have you, mm -hmm. uh, and your motivation is really low, then you should take, the, let's say, the study task and break it down to just three minutes. And say, okay, I'm only going to study for three minutes. And at the end of three minutes, I'm done. Mm. Instead of forcing yourself or, or saying, oh, I have to study an hour. And then your brain finds excuses not to do it at all, like zero. Oh, yeah. And so what happens and with a lot of people that say, great, I'm just going to do three minutes. Once they get started, they're like, oh, I'll do another three minutes. Oh, I'll do another three minutes. So there's a momentum they build up by doing the small steps. And the motivation actually goes up and they may end up studying an entire hour or longer because that's how their, their motivation and their interest changed as they were doing it. Yeah, I know. I have noticed that myself many, many times when I have some kind of task that I'm putting off because it seems like it's too difficult or I'm just not motivated. But if you can just force yourself to to sit down and say, OK, I'm just going to at least get started, do one tiny little thing. It's so true that often does happen that once you get going, it, you sort of build momentum and you end up doing a lot more than you planned in the beginning. Yeah, so that's what you do when the motivation's low. Motivation's high. When you're in high motivation wave, that's the time to change your environment, get the materials you need, get the... Well, let me give you an example. Sure. One of the habits I'm doing right now is I'm practicing whiteboarding. I'm practicing with markers, writing mm -hmm. on a whiteboard, you know, like teachers do. Right. And I want my handwriting to get much, much better. And uh -huh. so I'm practicing every day. And in fact, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Um, just for, yeah, because <laughs> this is how I practice. But anyway, what I did was I. That's the end of part one of this conversation with Dr. B.J. Fogg.
Did you notice how nervous I sounded? That's because BJ is one of my heroes, and I kind of felt like a little fangirl talking to one of my favorite rock stars. Until next time, here are four ideas for things you can do to get the most benefit from this conversation. One, if listening to this episode was a challenge for you, you can prepare for part two by studying the transcript and listening repeatedly to the conversation. If any words are really causing trouble for your understanding, make sure to look them up. If you do this over the next few days, the second part of the conversation should be easier because more of the language will be familiar. 2. Make a prediction. Based on what you heard in the conversation so far, what do you think BJ did to make it easier to practice his whiteboarding every day? There's a big clue towards the end of the conversation. Then, next week, listen and see if you were right. 3. If you need to talk about charts and graphs to pass an exam, here's a great chance to practice. Think about your own motivation to learn English and how it changes over time. Is it steady or does it fluctuate? If it fluctuates, how dramatic are the changes? How often? Draw a simple graph of your English learning motivation and practice explaining it to a friend. Or post it in my Facebook page and explain it there. 4. In the transcript and on the website, I've put a link to a YouTube video where BJ explains the motivation wave in detail. BJ is a great speaker, and if your listening is intermediate or above, I encourage you to watch the video so you can learn more about how to make the most of your motivation. Watching the video will also help you prepare for part two of our conversation. That brings us to the end of this episode of Real English Conversations. Make sure to download the transcript for this episode so you can read along to check your understanding. The transcript also has notes about the language we use in the conversation and explains a lot of the vocabulary. You can find the transcript at betteratenglish.com slash transcripts. Until next time, have fun practicing your English. If you have questions or suggestions about what you'd like to hear in these podcasts, I'd love to hear them. You can find all the ways to get in touch with me at betteratenglish.com slash contact. Bye for now.